Welcome to Readers of the Lost Draft. I'm Eric. I'm Zach. And this is Readers of the Lost Drafts. I don't know. <laughs> that was well, definitely well, the most succinct intro we've ever had. Um, but yeah, this time uh, we're doing Pitch Black. And I, I, I guess this is first draft. It doesn't... Did it say? It says revised first revised. draft. Okay, so... All right, so it looks like Ken and Jim Wheat wrote the first draft, and then David Tui? Is that how you say his uh. Have we record after work? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess he came in and did a kind of revision on the whole thing, and uh, so his name is more prominent on this screenplay. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the draft that we have, it says based on material by Ken and Jim Wheat. So they at least had some involvement, and then he came along. And finished up this draft on March 3rd, 1998. So you might know David Tuhi from <laughs> from The Fugitive. Uh, he wrote that. Ah, crap! I can't even. I just I just put a list of credits. I don't. I didn't. Um, double check which ones he actually directed and which ones he wrote Mm. I should probably make sure I have that right wow I just did a random search for Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat yeah don't do that (laughs) Ewoks the battle for (laughs) on yeah oh yes okay so So I wasn't too far off with my impression (laughs) All right, so, yeah, it looks like he maybe just wrote The Fugitive. Okay, yeah, so he wrote The Fugitive, Waterworld, G.I. Jane, Pitch Black, Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick, and A Perfect Getaway, and he will be writing... The Brazilian Job, which is a sequel to The Italian Job, as well as Riddick number four, which at this point is um, titled Furia, I believe, looks like. I think you're right. Oh, yeah, that's the name of his planet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, my... Okay, yeah, so... um, I do have a little note here that says directed specific movies okay so i didn't have to go through all that but anyway he specifically he wrote all those he specifically directed the riddick series and a perfect getaway and i actually really liked perfect getaway me too it was very surprising like i went into it thinking it was just kind of gonna be a generic like kind of movie but it had some pretty interesting twists in there Definitely, for sure. Um, I think the casting really helps, too. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great cast. Um, but yeah. So, the Ken and Jim Wheat, as Zach mentioned, they are known for Ewoks: Battle for Endor. And uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 4, Dream Master. Oh. The Fly 2 and The Birds 2. Uh, the Birds? The Birds 2. Makes more sense. So <laughs> they aren't uh, quite the elite, you know, screenwriters. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they, it's good that they had somebody else come in and polish up their work. Because obviously they had some kind of a good idea here. Yeah. Oh, wow. David Tui did uh, Warlock. Did you ever watch that? Mm -mm. It's kind of like the Terminator, except uh, a witch and a witch hunter come into the future. Hmm. I mean, it's a horrible movie, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not be that bad. Anyway, he's the guy polished up with our work. Yeah. And he kind of looks like the creepy thin man. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. No offense, David. <laughs> I'm sure he's listening. Oh, yeah. Didn't you hear? He listens to every podcast that has his name on it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> um, it's the easiest way to get her name out. <laughs> we find that one celebrity that's just obsessive <laughs> enough. To seek out anything that could possibly have their name on it. Yep. I don't know, Vin Diesel, he could be the one. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, this revised draft is uh, stamped 98. Yeah. And the mov- movie came out in 2000. Yeah. So um, there is a little note here on the title page. Zach's already shaking his head. (laughs) (laughs) Pointless. It says, Though mentioned often in the script, the creatures in Pitch Black are seldom seen at length. Rather, they are glimpsed. They are heard. They are felt. They are really the embodiment of your nocturnal fears. A howling coyote that jars you awake. The painting on the wall that comes to life when stared at too long. The sway of your bed just before the earthquake hits. Chimera of the night. The point is made so the reader appreciates that the focus of the finished film will not be on what the creatures do, but on what the creatures do to reveal the inner nature of the characters. For Pitch Black is, at its heart, a story of humanity and courage and the lack of the same. I really hope David didn't add that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, i'm really impressed with the guy <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah it's very long-winded and un- unnecessary i really thought you're gonna read the first note about how oh yeah there was some, that somebody too. was apparently pissed off that they typed the script in times new roman <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh yeah because yeah there's there, before that There's a note that says the hard copy of this script contained scene numbers and some omitted slugs. They have been removed for this soft copy. And then below that is note also the hard copy of this script was in the non-pre-format font Times New Roman. This has been changed to pre-formatted text for this soft copy. (laughs) 
<sighs> People care about the dumbest shit, I swear. <laughs> yep. Oh, shit, there's a note. David Tui did write that. Though mentioned often in the script. Uh, the creatures. Yeah, it does say David Tui there at the bottom. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, oh, this is note. this is pretty early on in his career, though. Oh, yeah. But uh, additional note here. There was was what? it? Um, I guess he did kind of do the fugitive and other stuff. And Critters that. Two was his first <laughs> writing credit, so we we have. He's that. got a hit or miss. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to add here, after reading the creature thing, that Patrick Tatopoulos designed the creatures. Hmm. If you know, in he, the movie, in the movie, yes. <laughs> Uh, for everybody at home, he did a lot of the Underworld stuff, and um, you know, he's on Face Off. He does a lot of good stuff there, and uh, I guess he's, he is. he has a lot of credits. He's pretty awesome. Patrick Tatopoulos. And sorry if my voice sounds weird with my new rearranged <laughs> room, because I'm not talking at a wall this time. Uh, so so that's what it was. Oh, I couldn't pinpoint it. There's just something about it that was throwing me <laughs> off. I, I was just like, oh. So much reverb. <laughs> or not enough. I don't remember. <laughs> There's just too much boom in the room in general. There we yeah. go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Back on track. The script that we are talking about, The it opens up cut in uh, interior main cabin. So we get a cryo locker blowing open and Carolyn Fry wakes up. And there's chaos on the ship as alarms sound and she staggers around trying to see if other crew members are awake. One is dead, but the captain seems to be waking up. She talks to him, but something shoots through the cabin and through the captain's chest. And then another locker opens, and it's Owens who's disoriented. And then Fry and Owens both share confusion about what's happening due to scrambled brains from cryosleep. Owens wonders why there's gravity. So what do you, what do you think about that opening bit? Um, the memory loss was kind of, I don't know, it didn't really matter. Yeah. I guess it's just something to throw in there for, oh, uh, the future isn't always perfect. Yeah. But uh, it kind of reminded me of Pandorum. Oh, yeah. Which I knew wasn't going to affect it in the <laughs> long run. So that was disappointing. But uh, uh, I like this uh, cold open a lot better than Riddick's narrative going over top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I really like... Oh, I, I like it better in the script how he's not the main character. Hmm. Well, yeah, it's, it's almost like a main character. Like they started making the movie, and they're like, "Man, we got to do like more with this guy." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, granted, he's a very interesting character. Oh yeah, uh, Reddick. But um, I like this just more. I don't know. It felt like more streamlined and it focused on Fry more. Yeah. And which it, I just love that. It also like really throws you into something immediately, and like hooks you and gets your attention and yeah. you know with the movie it's like it's like a setup kind of thing first and then it starts to go 
Yeah. Then all this stuff starts to happen. That's another thing with the the voiceover. Um, There's just no reason that Riddick should be awake (laughs) in cryo. (laughs) And how he's so aware of everything. And uh, then it just shows you the uh, little uh, mini meteorites coming in. Yeah. I I just like this so much better. Just like, uh, I think there's a few shots of space possibly. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe even not. Mm-hmm. I think it just starts with the uh, Carolyn when the yeah, shit that's goes that's the down. very first yeah. thing on here. Yeah, on the script. Because then there's like almost no explanation to what's going on. Mm-hmm. They just have to have to figure it out like everything else in the script. Yeah. Also, like uh, nobody really has any physical uh, descriptions for casting. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, later they do, but. Um, I don't see any here. There's like, get to it, get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know the the line about the gravity. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It seemed like it was a little weird to me. There's a lot more techno babble in this than the <laughs> finished product. Yeah. At least I picked up one. But yeah, even in the movie, uh, when he's like, "Why did I fall? Why did I fall?" <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. It's like, okay, <laughs> just yeah. You woke up from cry asleep. Just I don't know who cares. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, when there's sirens going off, it's like, oh man, what is the meaning of life? <laughs> no, get to work. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, okay, obviously it wasn't gravity wasn't supposed to kick in for another 19 weeks. Obviously, there's something wrong with the ship. Like you're on this thing, you're supposed to be like a crew member yeah you're supposed to be better than that i don't know i guess that's why i threw in the memory loss yeah yeah <laughs> that's probably what uh, it is but then why I, why have that at all either you know just like scrap the whole <laughs> thing just tighten it up a bit yeah which i think they did yeah compared to this yeah <laughs> 1550 millibars dropping 20 megabytes per second. <laughs> yeah, it's what? M- the? It's MBs. Yeah, MB. 20 MB per minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're hemorrhaging air. That's about all I remember from the movie. Yeah. Staying the same. But uh, anyway, I think I, 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 despite all the, the babble, mm-hmm. I just prefer this opening much better than Rick yeah. being like, oh, I'm the main character. Better than uh, Riddick being like, and uh, some Hindu holy man. <laughs> That's like the only line I oh, like man. remember from his <laughs> monologue there at the beginning. Yeah. Some Hindu holy man. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the other part. It's like. Because I don't think I can do a good impression anyway. But like, <laughs> they say everything shuts down except the primal side of the brain. I guess that's why I'm still awake. <laughs> uh, yep. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so now. Page three. Yep. Now we move into the nav bay. <laughs> And they, uh, so Fry and Owens, um, they moved to the nav bay and grabbed their suits. 
And Owens turns on the display, and they see the ship is plowing through the atmosphere of a planet. And then Fry jumps in the pilot's seat and starts trying to slow the descent. And she makes some good maneuvers, but there's too much backload. And C suggests to Owen that they eject the passenger compartment, and Owens argues against it. Another passenger wakes up from cryosleep, and his name is Johns, and he's yeah. <laughs> And he's a cop, allegedly. Apparently. <laughs> he he <laughs> notices across from him another passenger named Riddick asleep in his chamber with black goggles on and a metal bit in his mouth. Ugh. Owens tries to convince Fry not to eject the passenger compartment. Fry says she's not dying for them, which I just noticed is a good, uh, you know, foreshadowing or... I don't know, oh, whatever yeah. you call it. The no, I love this scene. You know, like so much. Like uh, at the end, it kind of mirrors. Anyway. Oh yeah. And I, I didn't pick up on that, but anyway, Fry throws the switch, but Owens has blocked the doors so it can't eject, and he tells her she's got seventy seconds to level the ship out. So she throws some more brakes and manages to level it out some more. The ship plunges towards the planet, and they brace for impact. The ship hits the surface, and chaos begins to destroy much of the ship as it plows into the ground. Johns is thrown out of his chamber. Owen's chair is ripped up from the floor, and Fry turns her chair around just as dirt fills the cockpit. Mm -hmm. So, this is pretty similar to the movie, this part here. Yeah, it's pretty damn close. Um... I I just love Carolyn's uh, character development through this whole movie because mm-hmm. it still gets me like every time like she's like I'm not dying for them and she tries to flip the switch which in the movie I don't think Owens did anything it was just a a faulty switch or something no he did I I th- oh he did I feel like when I was watching it I did notice him like messing around with something okay. while she before she I, flips the switch I liked it so much better just thinking that. Shit, it's not working anyway, and she <laughs> she just had to deal with that. But anyway, um, in the script it says there's 50 passengers total, and uh, they lose 40 of them, right? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, they lose 40 people, and then uh, yeah, it says 40 cryo lockers vanished with it, mm. 40 lives. With the the hole that the section that does get taken out mm-hmm. by uh, whatever, um, but in the movie it's forty lives total, which isn't a big mm. thing. But anyway, mm. I I think I remember a shot in of of the movie with uh, John's holding on as a piece of the hole gets ripped out, and like it just yeah. you know him holding on. Mm. You know I'm. I, I'm not usually a stickler for some stuff, but I don't know how fast they were traveling or anything. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure <laughs> he won't be able to hold on to anything that well. Yeah. And with the no windshield, uh, I'm not sure how far down they were when they lost the windshield, but I don't think Fry and Owens could take that without a windshield. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not I'm not Neil deGrasse Tyson. <laughs> but 
Just saying. Just saying. Yeah, um, yeah, there's some issues. That's for <laughs> sure. But uh, it's a very minor uh, thing for me, to be honest. But you know, how else are you gonna have like shit break apart and have the next part happening? Yeah. You know? Even the future, nothing works. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you know all the best stuff's made in Japan? That's uh, why. Made in Japan. <laughs> uh, page eight. Okay, so... Uh, people start waking up, one of which is John's, and he looks for yeah. Riddick's cryo-locker, which is empty. John's has no weapon. He sees Audrey, 12 years old, then suddenly two chained feet lower into frame and get John's in a chokehold. It's Riddick. Eventually, John's... He's got up in the chokehold. <laughs> oh, my God, he's got the chair. <laughs> so, eventually, John's gets the upper hand and has Riddick on the ground with a baton to his neck. And... um, Yeah, and I would like to note that in the script, Audrey is always just straightforward... Uh, meant to be like clearly a girl. Yeah. I believe. 12 year old girl, yeah. I didn't. Yeah. But in the movie, obviously, there's a like big reveal later on because <laughs> she kind of looks like a boy <laughs> with a shaved head. Pur- purposefully. Yeah. She purposefully. Yeah, made she tries look to like look like boy. that because she wants to look more tough or whatever. And, um, but yeah. So that was interesting. You know, in this day and age with uh, gender identification being a bigger deal, it's probably not as big of a deal for people watching <laughs> it today. Yeah. But I don't know. Back then it was probably a bigger deal. Because even when I was a kid watching it, I don't remember thinking, oh, man, <laughs> such a big twist. I mean, like, as far as twists go, like, <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, okay, that's – uh. That's interesting, but yeah, just but like when you're there, on a planet full of crazy monsters and all this crazy <laughs> stuff's happening, like somebody turning out to be a girl like isn't as big of a deal. Yeah, well, except because it was her period, apparently. I guess that's what he was suggesting. It, it was a lot more vague in the movie. Yeah, but in the script, it was heavily in the, implied. In the well, I thought in the script it was that she actually got cut. No, because John's being John said, put a cork in her. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Because I remember reading that like, wow, I could deliver that line so well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. John's is much more of an asshole in the script, I think. Really? Because well, I thought he was more like a uh, good guy in the script. And I feel like in the movie, they were like, oh, man, this guy's totally going to be an asshole later. So we're just going to. Start right now. I don't know. It felt like he was Maybe. built up as more of a hero in the script. Well, yeah, in in the script, he definitely has more of an arc from yeah, that's what I'm good thinking. guy to you know asshole. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I want to play him. 
Um, but yeah, okay, so then Johns searches the cockpit for survivors. He finds Fry buried in dirt, and he digs her out, and she asks if there's any others. And once they're free, Fry finds Owen Owens in the nav bay with a metal rod piercing his chest, and he begs to get free of the rod, and then catching Fry and John's off guard that he is alive. Um, yeah, because they walk in on him, and then they're like, oh, he's alive. <laughs> and um, apparently uh, then he's telling Fry not to touch the switch, and... Don't touch it! Don't touch that switch! Then um, some other people in the area give their opinions on what to do, and Fry tells everybody to get out. And then uh, Audrey has a morbid curiosity and tries to stay behind, but Johns makes her leave. And then Riddick watches them pass through his goggles. Oh, he, he watches them pass through his goggles while handcuffed to a bulkhead. This was also, I think, fairly similar. I don't. I don't remember specifically if Johns pulled. Audrey slash Jack. Yeah, away. I don't know about that much, but um, everything else is pretty on par. Yeah, it's like Owens is just kind of like having like a weird flashback moment. Yeah, but that's like the first uh, here. John's coming back to bring the kid out. Yeah, I feel like that was a just a good start of seeing a little difference in him being a. Uh, more of a good guy. I'm not going to say yeah. a good guy altogether. But <laughs> yeah. He seemed a lot more redeemable in this than the final movie. Yeah, that's for sure. It's probably my... I don't know. I thought it was a nice difference that they should have not changed. Yeah. I guess. Well, one thing I read recent... Uh, so I think it's on the trivia on IMDb. Mm-hmm. But apparently this movie went through a draft where they completely changed the Riddick character to female and like some other big changes but like this is like the revised first draft so it like went through like a whole bunch of big changes and then they kind of were like alright you know what Uh, forget all that we're gonna go back to the original (laughs) oh wow we like what we were doing back then yeah, that must have been a lot of stuff then, because yeah, this seems pretty, pretty yeah, this damn is, close. Oh yeah, this is very close to the movie. So, they I I have a feeling it's probably one of those things where like it just kind of started snowballing as they yeah. kept adding more different ideas and everything, and then they were like, you know what? No, 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 they're this is we're taking this way too far. We need to <laughs> go back to the original idea and. Yeah. You know, just work on that, but right. Um, anyway, then again, it says revised first draft. So I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they threw some of these differences into this because it's not the very first draft. That could be because this was dated two years before the release. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine a whole lot of differences between then. Yeah. 
Hmm. Anyway. But yeah, so um, then we get some visual character introductions outside the ship. Uh, Zeke and Shazza are a team of bushwhackers. Shazza has a tough sexiness, and Zeke looks aboriginal. Don't know and if they then, needed that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a strange. So, yeah, I was so impressed that they weren't describing anybody. <laughs> then all of a sudden, what? Yeah, but hey, Claudia Black, you can put her in anything. <laughs> Take that as creepy as you want. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, good actors. So th- yeah. Uh, then we get Paris, <laughs> and he is a puff pastry of a man in his 40s or 50s. That didn't turn out right. <laughs> I, for some reason, I imagined him a a lot different in the script than in the final movie. But oh that's yeah, that puff, they call him. <laughs> but that's and probably... fed. Oh, I'm sorry. It's probably partly because I completely forgot who was playing him in the movie or like uh, what he looked like or what he sounded like or anything. Yeah. So I was just kind of going in with like a completely fresh slate and just <laughs> like, you know, Yeah, I'll tell you who I imagined was, um, I don't know his actor name, uh, on, he was on Beetlejuice. He was like the, uh, the living wife's like interior decorator friend. Mm. That might be a little vague. I'm not sure. Othello, I think. You'll see him, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah. Oh, man, Beetlejuice is 1988. That's my year. Glenn Shaddix. He actually died six years ago. That's who I imagined, if you want to look that up. How do you spell that? Glenn with two N's. And then uh, S-H-A-D-I-X. It's a pretty awesome last name. Oh, hmm. uh, okay. That's who I pictured. I could see that. Yep. But yeah, so after all them, we got... Four Chrislums. Oh, Chrislums. So much. <laughs> the first a... time I read that, I'm like, I do not want to read this for the rest of the script. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so we have Imam. Imam. Who is uh, in his 50s and three pilgrims. And the script. Notes that Chrislam is a unity between Christianity and Islam. (laughs) I I, I still don't know how to say the word because it could be Chrislam, Chrislam, I don't know. Either way, they forgive you, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But they have the iconography of Christians, but the physical look of Arab Muslims. Which is just so offensive on both levels. Like, it just... (laughs) It seems strange. Like, what is the I, point I, of it? Like, I know. It, it's not like they're mixing the ideologies of both. 
They're literally, well, it says in the script, the physical look of one with the, you know, like the ideals of the other one. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I like the concept of a new religion that far in the future. Mm-hmm. But uh, this I believe in was, the movie it was just straight Islam, right? No. And no? I think it's the same thing in the movie. Really? Maybe it's because sure. they don't say it. It doesn't sound as goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever uh, they are is uh, some hoodoo <laughs> holy man. Yes. Keith David. <laughs> Always a good choice. Yep. But uh, we get uh, an introduction to the setting as well. There's a red sun and a yellow sun scorching the dark, stark, unforgiving terrain. And the Krizlams are looking for a new Mecca, but nobody knows the direction to it. So Johns opens a compass, but it doesn't land anywhere. And Owen stops screaming dead in Fry's arms. Mm. And then we go to the Krizlams praying back to back in different directions, assuming one of them will be pointing at new Mecca. <laughs> yep. And then Fry exits and joins them in the back of the ship. And they are the only survivors. Mm. So they discover they all have trouble breathing, like they're one lung short. And they look to Fry for knowledge and guidance. And she says the atmosphere has too much pressure and not enough oxygen. And so then uh, the crew thanks Fry for saving them and wonders what caused the ship to go off course. And so they get the oxygen canisters out of the pressure suits. And Fry says to take short breaths and try to make it last. And Audrey wonders if they're going to survive or if people are coming for them. And a note in the script alludes to Fry confused that they actually think she's the captain. Mm. Since the other captain died, so now she's the ranking officer. Mm-hmm. And uh, she takes a look at Riddick, and Johns informs her that Riddick is dangerous. Then Fry notices something and realizes they're losing water. So she runs off to check the cistern, and there is no water. And she asks anybody if they have anything to drink in their luggage. And they find some 200-year-old whiskey inside an antique desk. Fry, Johns, and Paris have a drink. Imam doesn't drink and doesn't partake. But he wishes he did. Yeah. And Johns warns him there's no water. But Imam says all deserts have water and God will lead them there. And then... (laughs) (laughs) So then we go back to Riddick alone, chained up. And he sees a blowtorch, then sees a break in the bulkhead he's chained to. And I guess before we go to this, what do you think of this previous like character introduction setup? Um, I don't remember in the in the movie. Did they uh, bother praying in the direction of New Mecca? I think it was like one of the background things. Like yeah. they didn't really feature it, but they just kind of had him doing stuff in the background. Okay, and. I don't remember if John's had a bothered with a compass or not. No, I do remember that 
Um, I don't know if he did it exactly at this part. Yeah. But I do remember seeing him like looking at a compass and it was just like shooting in every direction and yeah, spinning around. <laughs> I just love the idea of taking a compass to all these different planets where the magnetic <laughs> field could be nothing like our own. Yeah. And we're <laughs> North really doesn't make any difference because where would you be going to? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like there's a, you know, a, like a well, settlement at the North Pole or something. Well, I mean, a compass is good, you know, for basic navigation. Well, yeah. But, but my thing is with a alien planet, you have no idea if that's going to be useful or not. Yeah. I mean, that's my thing with you know that um everything else is i liked it i like uh fry i think the actress uh i think she had a good moment of oh they think i'm the captain yeah it's like a quick beat with the actress but i think she did a damn good job yeah uh i don't remember them losing water specifically yeah i don't remember that either i don't know if that made it into the movie yeah because I mean, it just seemed a little odd that Cause they specifically I don't, had a water tank. They don't even... Do they have the uh, this little antique desk part either? I don't think so. I don't I don't remember that part. So, yeah. That, I don't I don't think they had that. I think they were just like, hey, we need to find water somewhere. Yeah. I think they did cut out the god line for... I think uh, Imam just says all deserts have water. Oh, yeah. I'm just like, well, <laughs> by their very nature, <laughs> not always. <laughs> but in the, I think it made more sense in the script when he says, God shall lead us there. Yeah. So I'm kind of surprised they cut that. If they did, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I like how even when we watch the movies, we don't really remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we're, I- we're busy making our own notes and stuff about the stuff we think is important. Yeah. Then. We did uh, set a record this time where we both watched the movie. Yep. <laughs> it wasn't just one of us. <laughs> yep. But anyway, I, it's... Well, I was... Uh, same thing with that. I really like how this was a uh, 88-page script. Mm. I'm starting to appreciate shorter scripts now. <laughs> yeah. More than ever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm going to look at Titanic like... Ugh! <laughs> <laughs> if it makes it there I doubt it yeah anyway but yeah so back to Riddick he's chained up and he sees a blowtorch and then he sees uh break up in the bulkhead that he's chained to and he proceeds to dislocate both of his shoulders <laughs> and then lifts his arms up and the chain through and then he oh, pops man. his shoulders back into place and then picks up the torch. Love and it. Johns runs in with his pistol and just sees Riddick's mouth bit lying on the ground and says, like, we need another way to die. Love it. Yeah. This is That's... Def- in the movie, like, beat for beat. And it's yeah. awesome. I feel like in the movie, though, they show him being a little more vulnerable to the whole yeah. a- a thing because he just, like... <laughs> It's just the second he's free in the movie, he just like falls forward. Yeah. To grab the torch, but in this he just like flexes and pops his shoulder. <laughs> that's literally what it says a body flex pops his shoulders back into joint. 
Yeah, that. I mean, like, they were really hoping for some like crazy awesome, you know, stunt here with yeah. the flex pop back into. I mean, that's uh, pretty difficult to do. Yeah. <laughs> Not that I know from experience, but I don't know. Just even just watching the movie, how they had to CG it. Yeah. I couldn't imagine someone really doing that. So having him like almost faint when he did it, <laughs> help, it, it obviously made it feel more realistic. Yeah. But this, he just like pulls a Stallone or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, like he, he pops it back in. Like he's like <laughs> putting a jacket on or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you don't just do that. <laughs> Yep. Oh, yep. But he doesn't bother with like a sling or anything at all either. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. He he powers through that. Like I mean, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> like. Those those other uh, alternate surgery had done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like John's line. Uh, like we need another way to die. Yeah. Because I just love how this is... It really is set up like a basic survival story. Yeah. And then I just love it when a character adds a line like that. When there's just like one more obstacle that can kill them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> so then all these other survivors gather anything that qualifies for a weapon on the ship and they dump it on a table and Paris figures if Riddick's gone he's gone why should he bother them so John says Riddick can only live out there for so long and that he'll come back and take all their stuff and also Riddick will kill them just for the thrill and so then John scans the horizon with a scope and sees a blue glow and then Zeke and Shaka or Shaza? <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I write Shaka, Shaka here? I don't know why I wrote... Is it misspelled in the script? S-H-A-Z-Z-A. Hmm. Okay. Call it Shaz? <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know what I wrote Shaka, but... <laughs> Shaza. <laughs> uh, they modify breather units and uh, allow on-demand oxygen rather than a constant flow. And so then Fry wraps Owen's body and notices a sunset. And then Fry is about to leave with the Krizloms when the crew sees that the <laughs> blue glow on the horizon was a, another sun rising. Um, and they mentioned that now there's no nightfall. And we also get the first mention here that the pronunciation of imam is elimam is elimam <laughs> like like this is the first I'm time sure they actually racist. like say that yeah it was so smooth until that line <laughs> that and i was like wait wait what right it was very smooth Should reading be... until that point yeah and every time i saw his name like at all uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah Eventually like, back I, into I, mom anyway. I was so sure, like <laughs> up until then, and I was like, "Oh wait, okay." Yep. 
Why didn't you say that it's pronounced that way from the very beginning of the script? Yep. That'd be the time to do it. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll try to, to keep saying Ellie Mom, but I can't guarantee that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so then John says that Riddick will be headed toward the sunrise and that you don't want to be caught in the dark with him. And then John's leads Fry and the Krizlams in the direction of the blue sun. Ellie Mom says Krizlam teaches that everyone should go on a pilgrimage at some point to know God and to know yourself and says they are now all on the same pilgrimage. And John spots something in his scope and hands it to Fry to get a second opinion. And they believe it to be trees. So... Yeah, this this uh, sequence was pretty similar as well. Um, they see the other sun coming up, and they're all kind of like, oh, great, there's three suns. <laughs> yep. No <laughs> nighttime. That's perfect. Yep. I, re- I remember thinking it was so odd, like the first time I watched it. Pitch black, and there's three suns? What the hell's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> Yeah, that's got to be some <laughs> dumb luck right there. Like, land yeah. on a planet that has three suns, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, sorry, <laughs> going to have a whole lot of darkness for a yep. long time. That's another thing I, I wondered, like, you know, any other story, obviously on Earth or whatever, there's night and day to show a passage of time. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, the only way they could have done it here is if they showed people, sl- like, sleeping in shifts or something. Yeah. Otherwise, it just feels like, I don't know, one afternoon. I don't know. <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like they dropped the ball there, but otherwise, I have no problems. It just, I don't know. I, I, it's like they're a lot more productive than any other survival story. <laughs> <laughs> just like, all right, let's get the shit done. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and yeah, Ellie Mom's uh, pilgrimage just, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this Hajj, H A J J. We're all in the same Hajj now. Yeah, it feels kind but, of forced. Yeah, but I don't know. That's how all these religious people sound to me. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I'll con- I'll convert to Krishlam with you, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Eric's just shaking his head. Anyway. Yep. Um, Trees? Yeah, so we go Pass back. them trees. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. So we cut back to the ship, and Paris is on top uh, as a lookout. And um, we get some confusing description of some contraption that he makes. Yeah. That I. I'm not exactly 
clear on the visuals of it. Um, yeah. But it's something that sprays alcohol, I guess. I don't. I'm pretty sure that was the original intention. Like it shoots alcohol to cool. Like I, uh, uh, I, I just think it's supposed to be water, which they didn't have. Otherwise, this would be stinging the hell out of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So this misting umbrella, I assume it's just like an umbrella. Like a literal umbrella. Yeah. I don't know why I'm using my hands. No one can see me. And then, <laughs> uh, it like, almost like a shower head, like with all the... Oh, uh, uh, okay. All the limbs that go out, like mm-hmm. maybe that's where it like falls down. It's like a, an umbrella, but for everything else. <laughs> and then the rain hits you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, I got a great idea for a thing. What if, you know that thing that you use to keep rain off of you? What if you use it to rain on yourself? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I love the look era uh, Sarah must have given you. Yeah. You glanced <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that's that's our take on it. Um, and yeah. obviously there's nothing else he can – he doesn't have water to waste with that. So right. he uses alcohol for some reason. Yeah. Just <laughs> – I don't know about that. Like, you don't want to get in your eyes. You don't want to breathe it. Yeah. I don't know. But after that, then Zeke warns him to just keep an eye out for Riddick. And then Audrey sneaks up and gets a knife on his throat to show him how easy it would be. And then Paris asks if she ran away from her parents or they ran away from her. I do really like the dialogue in this. Yeah. It's pretty snappy stuff most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the scouting team reaches what they thought were trees, but what's actually a boneyard. Allah Akbar! <laughs> and this definitely got a little surreal for me, seeing uh, exterior boneyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so we got tons of giant skeletons. And as they check the place out, uh, Riddick lurks in the bones and they never see him. He manages to sneakily cut some of Fry's hair off. Ugh. And Johns leaves one gulp in a bottle of alcohol as a, as bait in case Riddick was there. But when I he checks he a lot out, <laughs> but when he checks on it with his scope, he sees Riddick didn't take the bait. And though Riddick did take the bait, but replaced it, what he drank with sand. And then Fry reveals to Johns that Owens prevented her from ejecting the passenger cabin during the crash. There we go. <laughs> I Yeah, I think I might have rearranged a little bit of that just to yeah, a little bit. make it flow a little better here. Okay. Makes sense. But yeah, that's uh, whenever Fry was talking to 
John's about Owens. That's when Riddick got her hair lock. Yeah. I feel like Riddick it's... was made a lot creepier in the script than the Yeah. Other. Definitely. I uh, yeah, there were parts in the script I was like, hmm, that seems a little strange for Riddick. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Almost gave me like a Breakfast Club vibe. <laughs> like he's supposed to be this creepy guy, but he's just like, I don't know, just troubled. I don't know. Anyway, I I really like John's trick with the scotch for bait. Yeah. Which, you know, doesn't work out anyway. <laughs> so that's probably why I got cut. Yeah, but now, wait, let's see. Yeah, they kind of replaced it in the movie with Riddick just chilling up on the lookout tower on the ship, just no, drinking no, out of the no. bottle. That's later. Is that actually in the script, too? Uh, it's, He's not specifically under Paris's umbrella thing, mm-hmm. but he is in the background whenever. Yeah, so this is right. This is all right okay. so far. Okay. Because he's like chilling up on top of another skull whenever John's just going underneath him looking for him. Mm-hmm. So. You'll, you'll see. All right. But yeah, so Fry has told Johns that she was going to eject the passenger cabin during the crash and that Owen stopped her. And then the Krizlams uncover what they think is a plant in a ribcage canyon <laughs> or a canyon of some kind. I don't know. It's very difficult to kind of get my geography in this place. But. Uh, when Johns and Fry check it out, it turns out to be a baseball. And they now say... Now we can't are... play no more. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody gu- busted the guts out of a ball before. <laughs> <sighs> Anybody got 28 extra cents <laughs> lying around? <laughs> this is really the biggest sandlot there is. Yeah. With the beasts. <laughs> <laughs> then there's a gauntlet where they had to run from the beasts. Oh, man. What, oh, Hercules? <laughs> Is that... Do we have that script? I feel like uh, we should do that one. Uh, if, we, if we... I don't know. I hope we can find that. Yeah, it'd be pretty nice. But yeah, so anyway. they realize that they are not alone. And how, how stupid would they feel after seeing that? <laughs> like this baseball, it's peeled apart, and all you have to do is like <laughs> just reach below it, <laughs> put it back together. Yep. But they discover a settlement that's uninhabited, and they search through it, and they find nothing for a while. I feel like you should be yelling what the pilgrims are yelling. Are they Allahu Akbar? Is that the one they're yelling here? Or what uh, are they no. yelling? This one, this time it's uh, Asalamu Alaikum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Asalamu Alaikum. 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 I like them. Are they just I like saying them very much? Are they just saying they really like asses? I think that's what they're that's saying. That's right. 
Goodbye, Muslim listeners. Uh, <laughs> hey, this is a completely new religion. <laughs> That's right. Keep telling yourself that. Aslamu, I like him. Goodbye, Chris Lums. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm pretty. Uh, uh, are you sure that they were still trying to mix it in the movie? I f- feel like they were. I felt like it was straight up Muslim. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I, guess I'll, I guess I'll have to watch it again. But um, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, I do have a note in my notes here <laughs> of a typo that I found humorous. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just have to actually. I probably should have written down the page number. Usually helps. We're on twenty-two. That helps. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Find yeah. the moisture recovery here, unit. Here it is. Yeah, we're uh interior page twenty three interior main room settlement. Uh, we get the typo through a window. We see the Johns and the Krizlams <laughs> crawling over the moisture recovery unit. I just love. I don't know. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> we just, see the Johns. I just really love that. The Johns and the Chrislums. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, man, you can call me the Johns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But anyway, so uh, Fry finds a room with curtains over the windows and throws them off, shedding light inside. And she sees somebody in the window and freaks out. But it's just Johns. The then, Johns. The Johns. <laughs> <laughs> and then she sees a mechanical model of the solar system. And one planet always has sunlight. And then she finds a porch outside. Then sees something glinting and gets excited and runs off. And she shows the others a skiff. Which is a, it's part plane and part spacecraft. And it looks a little worse for the wear, but at least it's intact. Allah Akbar, she yells. <laughs> and back at the crash ship, Paris hears some rocks sliding, but doesn't see anyone. And then he finds Audrey and Shaza in the ship looking for supplies and discovers it wasn't them. And then they see a shadowy figure outside and figure it's probably Riddick. And the figure comes in, and Shazza nearly kills him before Audrey stops her. And then the figure is just another survivor from the crash. He's half burnt, and just as he's about to hug Shazza, he gets shot in the back of the head by Zeke. And then Zeke realizes what he's done and completely ruins the moments by saying, <laughs> Cripes galore! I thought it was him! The murdering rat bag. And then... <laughs> Riddick is revealed <laughs> to be in the background eyeing up Zeke's breather. Yep. So, yeah, I was this like... W- this would be where he was <laughs> under the umbrella. Yeah. But, yeah, I... Uh, I was with it. Up, up until that line, I was like, yeah. And it was very, very similar to the movie. Yeah. And then he has to go and open his mouth and say, Ruin the floor. I mean, you just accidentally murdered somebody. Yeah. And you're like, 
Oh, crepes galore. That sucks. I <laughs> guess that's uh, a darn shame. <laughs> well, he was already digging graves, so. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. He already knew he was going to bury the guy. I don't know. That'd be like the perfect cameo for me, I think. <laughs> Total stranger. Yeah. That's his, that's his character heading, Total Stranger. <laughs> Love it. i do love that shot in the movie of riddick when they zoom in and he's just sitting up there on the chair just chilling out watching everything yeah um but yeah so then we go to fry and she says the skiff's out of fuel and has been laid up for years and john says he thinks he heard his pistola Oh, no, and no. You have to do it like this. Fry, Fry's talking. She says, no juice. Looks like they've been laid up for years. But we might be able to adapt. Shut up, says Johns. <laughs> Just cuts her off like a total asshole. <laughs> yep. He's I like, just love that part. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thought I heard something. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so then we go over to Zeke, and he's carrying the body of the man he just killed over to the grave site, <laughs> and he notices Cripes. a tunnel at the bottom that he didn't see before, and he investigates, but Riddick is waiting for him with a bone shiv. Yeah. And then Zeke crawls into the tunnel with his light, but gets killed. And then Shazza comes running and sees Riddick on the other side of the grave. She looks down and screams at the sight. And then Riddick starts to run out, run, but is fired at and taken down by Johns, who has a boot on his neck. And Same crap, different planet, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is also very similar to the movie. And uh, then we get uh back to fry and the chrislams come back to take <laughs> to find johns and shazza beating riddick for info was that part of the movie uh them, I them like ganged up on him now okay yeah so i don't remember seeing that but now they yeah, just kind of they're going at him pretty and, good yeah yeah they caught him and then they just pretty much cut to him uh tied up again yeah but, uh, yeah, here they're, like, really beating him up and letting him have it. And then uh, Zeke's not in the grave, but there is a bloody mess, and they want to know where the body is. And Fry asks, if Riddick killed Zeke with the bone shiv, why isn't it bloody? And she talks to Riddick in private on the ship with him chained up. And Riddick lies to her at first to make himself sound scary just relishing the fear but she wants the truth and she asks to see his eyes and he reluctantly shows her no pupils they're all black with a shininess underneath and Riddick says in his place he's not oh sorry Riddick says in this place he's not what they need to be scared of and she asks where Zeke is 
They looked in the hole and didn't find him. He says to look deeper. <clears throat> and then Fry's, Fry comes out and decides to go into the hole by herself to find the body. Johns doesn't think it's a good idea. And Audrey volunteers to go with, but Fry says she's going alone. So, yeah, this, uh, I, I really liked this scene for sure. Yeah, a lot of those dialogues pretty damn close, too. If yeah. not exactly the same. On Riddick's end, anyway, with, um, right. Very specific <laughs> areas to target. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't just click my tongue for the hell of it. That's actually in the dialogue. Yeah. Whenever uh, Riddick says, look deeper, he clicks <laughs> his tongue. Which is very odd, just reading it straight up. Yeah. Until you realize that's uh, his echolocation. Whatever. <laughs> Which I would love to see Daredevil do that. Yeah. Just randomly. Oh, there you are. <laughs> Yeah, one thing that is missing from the script that they added into the movie was um, Audrey, otherwise known as Jack in the movie, is, like, kind of, like, creeping out, like, watching the conversation. And she's like, oh, like, how do I get eyes like that? And then he gives her the rundown and says, like, first you got to kill a few people. God. <laughs> I'm trying to think of exactly how the rest is worded. Then you gotta find out you're going to this max slam where there's no daylight. Or <laughs> oh shit. Well you'll never see a light of day again. Something like that. Oddly enough, your impression of Vin Diesel is way better than mine. <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Okay. Listen, I just live my life a quarter mile at a time. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get that nasal. I can't do the nasally. All right. So, all right. You you can be Jack. Say, where where do I get eyes like that? Where do I get eyes like that? Got to kill a few people. Then you gotta get sent to a slam where they tell you you'll never see daylight again. You dig up a doctor and you pay him 20 menthol cools to do a surgical <laughs> shine job on your eyeballs. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Is that. Wait, is any of this even in the script? No, that's. I don't think that's in the script no. here. Because, um. They, yeah, they turn Jack into a, a like a big Riddick groupie later. Just not not at all in the script. Yeah. Oh man, I can do it. <laughs> That's all I remember her saying. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty menthol cools. <laughs> I swear that's in the script somewhere. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Fry says you did this to yourself. Slam, doctor. I can't. 
Slam Doctor. Well, we called him Doctor. Fairly fucking ironic, ain't it? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> Slam lights so dim that you go and get your eyeballs taken out and shined up. Then you wind up here, three kick it, three ass kick sons. <laughs> three ass kick sons. <laughs> that has to be a typo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I did do a few people, but not this one. (laughs) No, ma'am, not this time. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Vin. (laughs) I'd love to get a tweet from him later. That's all right. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so uh, Fry is about to go into the tunnel. So she crawls through and finds a big cavernous room with spires and funnels <coughs> and some creatures clank around in the dark parts. And then she finds Zeke's boot, but it's snatched from her hand. And then she stays in the light and then climbs up a lighted funnel towards the surface. And the chain around her waist is being pulled on, and she calls out as she struggles to reach the top. And the others break the ground above her and pull her out. And she tells them it wasn't Riddick that killed Zeke. And the chain around her waist is pulled, and she flies back toward the hole (laughs) she just came out of. And Elimam takes out his blade and cuts her belt, releasing the chain. So, yeah, this uh also very, very similar to the movie. Yep. Um, yeah. And so then people grab items they deem valuable, and Fry and Elimam grab the only power, or they, hold on, I need to find this thing where it says about the power cell. Page 33, if that helps. 33, okay. Yeah, um, it was kind of hard to visualize uh, Fry looking for Zeke's body because specifically the script said the creatures are supposed to be vague. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, I'm just picturing like, I don't know, like outlines of things running around, not Mm -hmm. like the bat things that they eventually turn into. But then later they like perfectly describe them as like these yeah. big freaking things. Which I love the creature design so much. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not sure if they did this in the movie or not where they just take one power cell. Yeah, cuz yeah, I don't think they did. But yeah, I was I was just confused when I Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right. When I first read it, I thought that they were saying, like, there's only one power cell left. Mm. But obviously later they're taking more. And so now it makes a lot more sense that Ellie Mom is like, are we only taking one? And Fry says for now. 
So, okay, so that's what happens. So they they grab one power cell, and then Johns takes a shotgun, and he goes to Riddick. And he says they are moving, and he should kill him right now to lighten the load, but ends up <laughs> shooting Riddick's chains, freeing him. And what if he, he did off- that by accident? <laughs> <laughs> he, like, shot... He tried to kill him, but then he accidentally got the chains, and he's like, all right, so you're free now. That's, uh, that's what I meant to do. Oh, man. Oh, and uh, we also get the first uh, prelude to the red and blue shotgun shells. Yes. Um, But he offers Riddick freedom if he helps them. And they both make it off the planet alive. And then Riddick considers this and agrees. Then, in a flash, he grabs the shotgun from Johns and ejects the shells. Oh, and uh, Riddick has a line here that I think is a typo. Yeah. Okay, so he says, "My re- Riddick says, my recommendation, do oh. me. <laughs> Take, don't take the chance that I'll get Shiv happy on your wannabe ass. Ghost me, Riddick. What if I did? <laughs> like, it, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's meant to say John's there. Oh yeah. Which eventually turns into motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, they definitely. Uh, I feel like they definitely skimped on the language in the script. Yeah, they that definitely got a little, uh, you know, injection of steroids in the movie. Definitely. For sure. I, I have a feeling that could also just be actor improvisation. Yeah, definitely. When there's, yeah, when there's no censorship on you and you're, you know, reacting with all this fear going on around you and all that shit, yeah. But yeah, so... Now they're traveling, and Riddick is now towing the heavy power cell on a sled. And some of the others are a little wary of Riddick's inclusion in this whole thing. And John says, at least this way they don't have to worry about him. Then Elimam thinks they should give him some oxygen. And Audrey asks if she can talk to him now. And John's and Shazza say no. And then we see Fry's POV as they move through spires. And she hears some of the same clickety-clack that she heard in the cavern when she was looking for Zeke. And then she realizes that it's just some friggin' beads on one of the pilgrim's belts. Oh, goddamn Krizlong. <laughs> and then they get to the skiff, and the others are less than impressed and Riddick says it doesn't need to be a star jumper. And just uh they just need to use it to get to get back up to the Soul Track shipping lane, stick out a thumb and get picked up. And then Fry gives Johns a curious look. And they get the power cell into the skiff and adapt it to its electrical system. And then lights turn on. And then Fry says they'll need five power cells to launch. 
Riddick is looking around the settlement curiously, being followed by Audrey and one of the pilgrims. And the other Krizlams get a moisture recovery unit working. And then uh, Riddick is in the coring room and he wakes up a robot and tries some locked doors and then Johns tells him to come outside missing the party come on and as Riddick leaves he kicks a trash can and repeats John's words and then Audrey is heard from inside the trash can saying talking to me then she runs off with Riddick and Johns and Pilgrim number three goes into the coring room through a window and examines a drill because we need red shirts yep <laughs> it's the only reason why the pilgrims are in this movie <laughs> oh I, I did like the uh, introduction between Paris and Riddick uh, Paris drops a wine bottle that Riddick picks up and walks over to him Paris is like uh, trying to be all like you know polite I guess <laughs> yeah Paris P. Ogilvy, antiquities dealer, entrepreneur. And Riddick shakes his hand. Richard B. Riddick, escaped convict, murderer. Let's <laughs> just keep on going. Yeah. Oh, still love it. <laughs> oh, I, I also like the, um, whenever Riddick assumes they just have to get back into a shipping lane to get picked up, just yeah. alluding to his uh, other skills. Yeah, I love how smart Riddick is. I feel like everybody's pretty smart. Mm-hmm. Or at least resourceful, except for Pilgrim 1, 2, 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I always like, a, appreciate a, uh, I always appreciate a futuristic movie where they have all converted to metric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 25 kilos each, huh? <laughs> But yeah, so the rest of the group enjoys glasses of water. And then Shazza says the people who lived there seem like they were geologists moving from rock to rock. And Audrey wonders why they left their ship. And then we go back to the coring room and a solar panel catches the sunlight and storm shutters unlatch on the roof. And then Pilgrim 3 hears skittering. You, you when they have a number and no dialogue, it just yeah, <laughs> it's no surprise. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, if you have a number, you're not in for a good time in a movie. What's your last name? Number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so then, uh, Johns offers an explanation of the abandoned ship saying they were they probably had a bigger ship take them off planet and the skiff was just kind of a lifeboat and everybody toasts to them to the dead or gone people and then Riddick says they never left whatever killed Zeke killed them too and he wonders why they all left their they left all their stuff behind and the only reason for uncreating an emergency ship is in an emergency a fucking and, emergency <laughs> Please say it. <laughs> Want to hear it in the Riddick voice? Yes. <laughs> uh, 
Page 40. Nope. Passed it. Because I, re- I was really getting excited that the Midway 44 page would be like when it switched to nighttime. Oh, uh, yeah. Because I'm like, oh, man, that's such a good Midway event. <laughs> well, I, uh, time-wise, it might actually line up in the movie that way. It probably could, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I know you don't uncrate your emergency ship unless there's a fucking emergency. <laughs> I want to see Vin Diesel reacts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, so uh, Johns doesn't like hearing Riddick's theories on the situation. But Fry seems to take to Riddick's idea and agree with it. And Ellie Mom asks if anyone's seen Ali. And... (laughs) We're assuming that's Pilgrim number three at this point. (laughs) And then Riddick asks if anyone checked the coring room. So then we cut back to Pilgrim three and he tries to escape the room as he sees nests of something on the ceiling, but he never makes it. The others hear his screams and in the coring room, the nests are roaring to life with bat-like creatures who block Pilgrim three's exit. He runs into a dark supply room, shuts the door, and waits. And then the others run to the coring room, except for Riddick, who stays behind. And they hear noise in the supply room, and Ellie Mom opens it. And a stream of creatures pours out and flies into the coring shaft. Then Pilgrim 3's shredded body falls to the ground. And Johns and Fry look into the shaft and see the skeletons of the crew. And I feel like they never actually looked in in the movie, did they? I I do remember they found the bones somehow. They were like, oh, this is where they all died. Hmm. I don't know if it was at this exact moment or not. But I did like how uh, Riddick stays behind just to drink everybody else's water that they left behind. And you know what? Um, Ellie Mom, he really did everything he could to save Pilgrim number three by giving him a name. But <laughs> it was just too late. Just too yeah. late. <laughs> he should have given him a name when he first introduced him. Yep. That's like in uh, Star Trek, uh, the second one. Like uh, Kirk's best uh, order to the two red coats he brought with him was take off those coats. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Pure tricky humor here. <laughs> well, yeah, so then uh, the Chrislams hold a funeral service for Ali, and then <laughs> I can't take out her name seriously. <laughs> 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 <sighs> yeah. Sorry. But uh, then Shaza wonders why they chained themselves in that room. And Riddick offers that it was the most secure room with the heaviest doors, but somebody forgot to lock the back door, meaning the coring shaft. Yeah. (laughs) I I just like how, uh, you know, these guys are all 
grieving the pilgrim number three and John says <laughs> tell you what they just better not dig another fucking grave out here <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if they kept that or not but I thought it was hilarious yeah <laughs> Yeah, so then Shazza sees that this is what happened to Zeke and that Riddick was right there and was going to kill him too. And Riddick says he just wanted his O2 and thought he noticed Zeke trying to kill him when he shot that stranger. Then Shazza sympathetically offers Riddick her breather. He's suspicious at first, but he takes it and takes a deep breath. And Johns is not thrilled about this. And (laughs) (laughs) did you write down the specific line? No, I didn't. Okay. Well, first Riddick thinks what it's broken, and then no. Anyway, but after that, uh, after Riddick takes it, uh, (laughs) it says Johns watches the exchange closely. Not much liking the idea of Riddick being promoted to oxygen breathing human. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, then um, John says that they should board it up and get out, but Fry says they died 60 years ago. All their core samples are dated. And then she remembers the solar system model. And they all go over, and she turns the crank to year 60. The planet gets eclipsed by a bigger planet and plunges into complete darkness. And uh, then Fry and Johns are walking toward the skiff. They And she says they need the power cells from the other ship pronto, but they also need to fix the wings. Johns seems oddly hesitant, and he tells her how Riddick escaped and that he can pilot, and he hijacked a prison transport and killed the pilot. And Fry discovers Johns con game Johns is making Riddick think he'll go free but plans to kill him and Johns says to be safe they need to bring the power cells at the last possible minute and Fry seems to trust Riddick saying he hasn't hurt anybody or lied and Johns is determined to bring Riddick to justice for his crimes so they exit the skiff and see Riddick setting up a table in the shade and the Krizlam set wing fabric on the table to cut. Ali Mom reaches for his knife, but it's missing. And Riddick has it, and he says that he'll cut the fabric. Kind of unnecessary. I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, Ali Mom has that knife later on anyway. Yeah. But I-, I did like seeing him like actually help. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like he actually tried, made more of an effort anyway to help out the other survivors. Yeah. But yeah, then we get a little montage of the crew working on repairs. And then Riddick gets on the skiff to talk to Fry. He asks about the power cells and thinks it's strange not doing a run-up on the main drive. And unless John's told her the particulars of his escape. And she admits that she knows, and Riddick informs her that Johns is not a cop. He's a merc, 
and Riddick is worth twice as much alive. <laughs> so that's why he won't kill him. And she says he can't turn them against each other. Riddick says once the lights go out, they'll tell themselves apart, and they better be sure where the loyalties lie. And then the check on the hall integrity says 100%, and Riddick's parting words are to ask Johns about his shakes and why her crew pal had to scream before he died. Hmm. I think there's two mentions of his shakes by now. Yeah. um, There's like a line earlier where uh, Riddick is says something about like, uh, like the shakes out in the desert. That's uh, (laughs) it's not a good thing or something like that. I don't know. Can't remember the specifics. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, so. Then uh, Fry confronts Johns just as he's shooting up some morphine from a hidden ampule that was inside one of his uh, shotgun shells. They're coated blue and red. And which one is? uh... The red shells have the drugs. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so he doesn't seem too phased by her finding out and she says he could have given Owen something to ease his pain, but Johns says that he was already dead. And Johns then shows her a scar next to his spine and Very says sexy way to do it. <laughs> and says Riddick tried to go for the sweet spot but missed and they had to leave a piece of the shiv in there. He presses <laughs> it presses against his spinal cord sometimes. Then they hear the Krizlams calling for the captain. So they run out and see some rings rising from the horizon. The eclipse is beginning. And they all hop on the repaired sand cat and drive to the crash ship. And the planet continues to rise into the sky and they reach the ship and quickly get the power cells to the land cat, racing the coming eclipse. And the rings of the planet cover the yellow sun and make the world a little bit darker. And then they cover the red sun, making it even darker. And then they hear the high-pitched sound of the creatures on the spires. And the creatures come toward them, and they run into the cargo hold. And then uh, Riddick and Shazza don't make it in time and have to hit ground as the wave of creatures passes inches above them. And Riddick curiously holds up his knife and just slices through a bunch of the creatures. And Shazza thinks she can make it to the cargo hold. And when the wave of creatures passes, she gets up and starts running, but is torn to shreds by the creatures. And after they're gone, Riddick looks around and then heads to the cargo hold. He takes <laughs> off his goggles and looks to the at the world through his night vision and finally the rim of the planet covers both suns and everything goes dark. <laughs> so let's see where we're Yeah, uh what goes way worse in the movie than this. This is this yeah. seems a lot quicker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they kind of like really dig into her in the movie and 
rip her in half. In half. Yeah. Yep. And she's still screaming in midair. Yeah. Yeah, this was just like, uh, I don't know. I think she has like one quick death scream and then nothing. Yeah. I also noticed uh, they use Riddick's POV in the movie way more than in the script. Hmm. Because I actually remember one of the fights, John specifically ripped off uh, Riddick's goggles so he had an advantage in the daytime. Yeah. And then here, uh, I think this is actually the first time they mention Riddick's POV. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just says it's a, in a degraded image. We see the Predators. But that's like the only description we get to how he sees the world. Yeah. So that was a little disappointing. But um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean be nice if they had described it a little more but yeah they were probably just count on ah we'll figure it out <laughs> we'll fix it in post yeah <laughs> I actually like it cause uh I always like you know most of these horror movies they do the monster POV it's just like oh man that's awesome but this is like one of the first movies I can think of where there's two POVs you have to worry about yeah <laughs> So I thought that was always... I always thought that was cool. Yeah. Because Riddick is, you know, another monster altogether. Right. But yeah, they, uh, they're they all in the cargo hold now. And they hear clicking. And Audrey wonders what it is. And Fry says that it's echolocation. And then they hear the clicking behind them and wonder how one got in. So Johns realizes the crew expects him to investigate the noise, considering (laughs) he has the shotgun. And Johns investigates and kills a baby hatchet. Then nearly gets his head taken off by an adult. And he races back to the others. Paris is ready to go at the main door, but Fry stops him. And Ellie Mom says to follow him. So they enter a cargo container. And at first, it's... Pitch black. But, oh. <laughs> but John's lights a torch and they start hearing the creatures pounding at the door. And they start cutting the wall into the next cargo container. And just as they enter, the creatures come in. And they keep going to the next container and the next container. And in the fifth container, as John's is cutting the way through and the others are blocking the previous opening, Riddick investigates some pepper shot, and he steps on the dead creature Johns had killed earlier. And he looks up and notices a creature sitting on cargo eating another one. (laughs) And then we get a Predator POV, and it basically looks like a sonogram. And people start to make their way into container six, but... Ellie Mom and Pilgrim 2 hang back. Poor Pilgrim 2, we already know your fate the second that your name is mentioned to be the second one. Yep. Um, and he, they're wondering where Riddick is, but he's in a stare down with one of the creatures. And Pilgrim 2 finds Riddick, but Riddick grabs him and tells him not to move. The creature reaches down and feels them, and it makes some test slices. And Ellie Mom calls out to Hassan, and Hassan bolts for it. 
classic rookie mistake. Yep. He gets slaughtered by some creatures, and then <laughs> another creature appears, and Riddick makes a dash for the exit. And then uh, Fry shines her light in Riddick's face, but more importantly, at the creature behind him. And the creature is stunned, and then Johns comes in and explodes it with his shotgun. And Fry shines her light on the dead creature and sees the skin sizzle. And they discover that light actually hurts the creatures. And Ellie Mom learns of Hassan's fate. And they move to container six. And in the container, they come up with an idea for torches using alcohol. Fry says they have to carry the power cells back to the other ship. Johns doesn't like the idea. But nobody really <laughs> likes the idea a whole lot, but they decide to go with it. And Fry elects Riddick to lead the way since he has night vision. So what did you think of this little sequence through the containers? I think they only do one container swap in the movie, right? Yeah, they don't really go through this whole spiel here. Yeah, I mean, there's not much you could do otherwise with this so i think yeah. just doing one one run is good enough mm -hmm. uh i'm trying to remember more of it i don't remember if riddick actually had a stare down like this at this point no did. i don't think he did yeah uh i did like um whenever uh he gets blinded by a light and just kind of trips off frame <laughs> and then, you know, the monster behind them is just, like, the same exact reaction. Yeah. And, yeah, this is pretty much... You see, this is, like, where I started to think, okay, so that whole monologue at the beginning about, oh, you're never meant to see these creatures in their entirety. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm just putting that out of my mind. <laughs> and I like how Paris is still uh, asking for a receipt for everything they use of his. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember Fry said something like, yep, that's at the top of my list when we make it out of here. <laughs> and uh, John's, I, I always love his, just the situations he's put in, like when they expect him to go look first. <laughs> I think one of his, his line is like, I'd rather piss glass, why don't you go look? <laughs> and then, uh, I think this is, this is right around where he kills one. Like he, sh uh, they lose all the light, and like he just starts just like shooting wildly, and then uh, he's like, "All right, it's all right, I got it." Then like, the way they describe everybody else looking at him, it's like, "Okay, yeah, sure." <laughs> but then like it, it falls dead. They're like, "Oh shit, he did get it." Yeah. But like that was all like, script, uh, action, action lines, I guess. Yeah. So it's like, it's right on the line for me where I'm like, uh, it's kind of hard to show <laughs> that, but it's still funny. I, I just love light actually hurting these things. Yeah. Otherwise, this would be a much shorter movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, then uh, the group makes their way outside and they cross to the main cabin. And Riddick checks the area with his night vision and says it looks clear. And John <laughs> starts to crawl in, but the, a creature flies past his head. 
And he gets pissed and says, Riddick said it was clear. And Riddick clarifies, it looks clear. And then Johns asks him how it looks now. And Riddick says, looks clear. <laughs> and it's definitely one of my favorite parts of the movie. Definitely. Because <laughs> he's so sincere. He's just like, I don't know, it looks clear. Yep. <laughs> like, what more do you want me to say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, what, what does it look like now? <laughs> Looks clear. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but then uh, they enter the cabin and they remove the last power cells. And Johns warns Fry again that Riddick will leave them to die. But Fry wonders what's so valuable to Johns that he's that he cares so much about losing. And so as they go outside, they have a few umbrella flamethrowers and they Ugh. put the power cells on some sleds and chain them up to Imam, Johns, and Riddick. And Riddick straps a light to his back and Fry confronts him wanting to make a deal. She says he says he's had it with deals. But Fry just wants to know if she can trust him. Riddick knows they'd never turn a murderer loose. And um, when she asks if she can trust him, he says he's been asking himself the same thing. And, uh, yeah, they definitely didn't have these flamethrower things in the movie. They uh, just had, like, glow (laughs) tubes. (laughs) I don't know. Oh. If you said glow sticks, that would have been so much better. But, yeah. Like, I I guess they were just like, well, I guess we don't have the budget for these flamethrowers, so. That also sounds a lot more dangerous. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I I think I like the fiber optic cables better than the (laughs) intermediate flamethrower fireball things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because you're right. That's that sounds a lot more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. That'd be tough on the uh, cinematography too, I imagine. Oh yeah, definitely. Just constantly readjusting. Uh. <laughs> a terrible mistake. <laughs> Big mistake. <laughs> Uh, I like how they still kept this uh, one of my favorite shots of the movie is uh, when they start moving and mm. then uh, aerial shot zooms up and oh, past yeah. the light and you just see all this is like um, a just ocean of mm-hmm. these creatures around them yep oh it's so awesome but yeah so uh, so then they hustle and uh, they hustle across the desert as a train of light. And Fry notices the sand cat tracks under her feet. And then we get this shot that Zach mentioned of pulling up to see all the creatures above. And then Fry doesn't see the tracks anymore and stops Riddick asking <laughs> what the deal is. And he says he saw something he didn't like and decided to go around. And the group says it's okay. And then Paris requests transfer to the front so he's not so lonely in the back. And after some squabbling, Fry's had enough and says that she'll switch if they just keep moving again. 
And so they start moving again, and Paris runs out of fuel in his umbrella flamethrower. So he requests light while he reloads, and then chaos ensues, and Audrey strays from the light and nearly gets taken out by a creature when Ellie Mom dives and saves her, and Paris is taken. Paris is left in the dark and is taken by the creatures, mm. and then we get a POV of the creatures eating Paris and fighting with each other. Ugh. And then they pan to Audrey and Riddick notices and Fry asks what he sees and he says 60 years of hunger. <laughs> helpful. So helpful. <laughs> and uh, then a wind, oh. a wind rises and Audrey carries Paris's torch and then Fry's blowtorch dies, and she takes the flamethrower from Audrey. And John sees a track in front of them and gets out of his chains and puts his shotgun in Riddick's back. He says Riddick's running them in circles. And Riddick says uh, he tells them to listen to the loud noise from the creatures. And there's a cannon ahead, and he's circled around to buy time to think. John still thinks he's trying to get them all killed. And Riddick says Audrey's bleeding and the creatures are drawn to blood and they've been following her since they left the ship. Then Fry says it's not going to work and they need to go back. <laughs> John then tell, proceeds to tell everybody that she was the one to blow the passenger cabin and kill all of them. Oh, she was about to do that. And then... Uh, she tries to insist that it's not going to help the situation. And then when John tells them off, Fry finally breaks down and falls to her knees. And the rest agree to continue on rather than to go back. So they continue through the boneyard, but a little slower. And Fry is despondent now. And then Pilgrim 1 takes John's place, pulling the sled and now that he has a number, we know what's going to happen to him. So. <laughs> oh, man. I really like whenever John snaps. Yeah. just I, I just love his dialogue to begin with. But he's just like, when Fry's like, okay, I was wrong. I admit it. Let's just go back. He's like, I don't know. Nice breeze, wide open spaces, you know. I'm starting to enjoy my fucking self out here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's just such a superb dick yeah you know and uh I, I I miss um I'm glad they added Paris doing that like fire breather thing yeah for like his last oh, hurrah yeah. that's such a great shot in the movie oh yeah so well done cause I don't think we really needed to see him get ripped apart <laughs> like this yeah but Obviously, it would have been, you know, scarier, but just the impact of, woof, yeah, and like twenty around him at once, <laughs> oh, so much creepier. Mm -hmm. But yeah, here we are going, uh, the light train, trucking yeah. forward. So now, boneyard, <laughs> boneyard is ready. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
So Johns is now walking beside Riddick, and he says that they're not all going to make it. And Riddick has known this for a long time now. And Johns <laughs> says if they lose just one person in that canyon, it would be a good thing. And almost seems like he's scheming with Riddick to lose someone on purpose. And then Audrey wonders what they're talking about up there, and Ellie Mom figures they're just planning how to get through the canyon. But Fry looks at Johns and Riddick curiously. And then Johns' plan is to intentionally kill somebody and drag the body behind so the creatures are drawn away from them. Oof. And Riddick wonders which person he had in mind. Johns tells him not to look. And Fry notices Riddick looking and tells Ellie Mom to slow down a bit and put some more space between them. I, I love the tension here so much. Yeah. And then Johns and Riddick talk about her as the person they're going to kill. So it's either Fry or Audrey that they're talking about. And either one wouldn't be surprising. And then Johns wants Riddick to do it because what's one more murder to him and Riddick stops and says maybe they need a bigger piece of chum then grabs for John's shotgun oh man then they grapple for a while and eventually Riddick frees the shotgun and kicks it into the darkness and he hangs to the wall of darkness as John stumbles around looking for him and they both find some bones on the ground and start clubbing each other and Riddick is the better fighter and breaks some of John's fingers, making him drop his weapon. And then as John's dives for the light, Riddick shivs his back, and John's keeps crawling and finds his shotgun. But when he turns around, he doesn't see Riddick anymore. Then he does then he gets done in by the creature, split in half, and Riddick watches that from afar. Oof. Yeah, you were Billy Badass with the gauge. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I like the idea of, uh, I don't know. I just, I really like this scene. Yeah. I, I, I'm i glad they added more light with an extra flare in mm -hmm. the movie. Because here it just felt like they were just running around with just the shotgun flashlight. Yeah. And the light on Riddick's back which I don't know it felt like it was a little harder to visualize with any light yeah yeah I was having a little trouble with that too mm -hmm. but yeah it def definitely adds a nice bit of tension in the movie when you have that timer of the uh, like the flare you know about mm -hmm. to go out yeah oh and uh, I didn't notice in the movie until I read this part, whenever uh, whenever Johns loads the shotgun, he accidentally loads the morphine shells. Yeah. Which are, you know, duds, basically. Is, is that how he got killed in the movie? Uh, Cause no, because he, by the time he has the shotgun in hand and he turns around, he doesn't see Riddick at all. Yeah. Riddick is already gone and then he kind of like gets up and the flare goes out and then he you know gets taken yeah 
Yeah, because I thought one was running at, uh, flying at him, and then like, it, it made it look like he just didn't cock the shotgun fast enough to catch it. Mm. But uh, I don't know. I'm thinking now that I read this part where he accidentally loads a morphine shell, maybe that's what actually did happen. Yeah. I don't know. Not that it's that important, because uh, probably he obviously dies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, Riddick spread the chum out. Yep. And uh, so then Fry and her group start running back across the sled tracks and they bump into Riddick. And uh, they were headed back to the ship. But Ellie Mom asks where Johns is and Riddick informs them Johns died a quick death. And Audrey starts crying and he tells her not to cry for Johns. And then... Oh, uh, you dare. (laughs) Then they reach the canyon, and tons of creatures are swirling above them. And as they walk, Riddick comes up with a plan. They turn the sled over and use it as a shield, and then light up whatever's left and just make a break for it. They go back to the boneyard and create a harness for Riddick to carry all the power cells. And Ellie Mom prays for Riddick, but Riddick says it's pointless. Ellie Mom thinks he doesn't believe in God, but Riddick says he does. He just hates him, which is that exchange is pretty much word for word in the movie the same. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah. It's also pretty close to my emo phase right before I turned full <laughs> atheist. <laughs> oh, high school. <laughs> Uh, did you also have the hair swoop? I should have. <laughs> I really should have. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, they're ready to go here, and Audrey is under the sled, and Fry and Ellie Mom have their torches maxed out, and Pilgrim One has a hand light. <laughs> and <laughs> They go as fast as they can through the gauntlet. And there's creatures trying to dive bomb them, but they're repulsed by the light. And Critic says Riddick says not to look up, but guess what? Fry looks up and sees a ceiling of creatures. Ugh. All around them are falling bodies of creatures who are fighting one another. And ahead is a bottleneck with a pile of dead creatures blocking it. And they have to go over. And a creature grabs Audrey, and she falls down the mound. And while exposed, some creatures come after her, but she scrambles back under the shield. And a creature pierces the shield, but starts getting burned by the light and backs out. And then it goes after Riddick, but he grabs it and guts it like a fish. And Ellie Mom discovers Pilgrim 1 is gone. But then he, he comes back bloodied but is taken away again by the creatures. And yeah, I love how often Riddick just slices these guys open and yeah. <laughs> Definitely need to happen more often. Yeah. But uh suddenly it starts raining, putting out their torches. And uh Riddick looks ahead and says they can't make it to the settlement and he tells them to hide in a crevice. So he slides the shield over the opening of the crevice and keeps the light on his back. 
Then Riddick carries the power cells over a muddy rise and sees the settlement. And then Fry discovers light in the cave and they notice little glowworms. And she asks how many empty bottles they have. Then back to Riddick. He puts the power cells into the ship and it comes to life. And then cut back to Fry. Elimam and Audrey are filling bottles with glowworms. And then back to Riddick. He stands in the hatch of the skiff looking out. Then he smashes his hand light and closes the hatch as he walks back in. And then Fry climbs over the mound, the muddy rise with the glowworm jar around her neck. And she runs toward the settlement as she sees the skiff warming up. And in the crevice, Elimam and Audrey huddle around a bottle. And Elimam looks out a small hole in the shield and a creature pokes through but is repelled by the glowworm light. And then Riddick dims the interior light and turns on exterior lights and is surprised to see Fry. He opens the hatch and she pleads with him to go back for the others, but he doesn't care. She then asks him to wait while she goes back. He tosses her the broken light and then he tells her they're already dead and to just come with him. As much as she wants to, she made a promise to Ellie, Mom, and Audrey and she has to try to save them and she says she would die for them. And in the crevice, the shield comes away from the entrance and the and Ellie, Mom, and Audrey see Fry and Riddick standing there. And as they cross the rise, Riddick tells them to stop and be quiet. He sees a creature drinking from a puddle ahead. Then more appear. And Riddick says when he moves, they move. And then they make a break for it and Audrey slips. And Reddick grabs her and thrusts her forward. And Fry and Ellie Mom disappear over the ridge toward the ship. Riddick chases after. And then a creature chases him. And Fry, Ellie Mom, and Audrey reach the ship. Riddick skids to a stop face to face with the creature. And he pulls two shivs out. And Fry stops at the hatchway, then grabs the other glowworm bottle and heads out to Riddick. He's had a hell of a fight, and she hands it to him and helps him. And then they race back toward the ship. Fry is slashed from behind and taken. And then Riddick makes it onto the ship. And Riddick shows Elimam new mecha on the nav chart, and they fly off. And the last shot we see is the sun peeking out from behind the planet, showing us a new dawn. And it kind of makes you wish they just stayed put in the cave just a little bit longer till the sun came out because <laughs> they were so close. <laughs> or even yeah. in the cargo container if they just hung out a little bit longer. But mm -hmm. it's hard to tell time, though, so who knows? Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't really like that last bit, the last shot of the new dawn and everything because just kind of ruined uh, no I, th I thought that was just an orbit though that's not on the planet oh maybe maybe you're right that's what I thought yeah I guess I guess that's true so where the hell's your god now <laughs> <laughs> oh man I, I just love anytime it rains to make anything worse is just yeah 
It's always classic. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, I liked whenever Riddick went back with uh, Audrey. I mean, oh, wow. Riddick went back with Fry. Mm-hmm. Audrey said, you came back for us. Yeah, yeah, we're all fucking amazed. <laughs> 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 oh, Riddick. Uh, but, no, I think probably my favorite Ah, there's so many favorite parts of the movie for me, but um, whenever Fry, like, she knows she's no match for Riddick, but when she actually tries to fight him, <laughs> like, you know, physically fight him to go back, uh, and uh, she's just like, yeah, I'd die for the rest of my crew. You know, it's like at the beginning, mm-hmm. when she was so ready to just not die for anybody. Yeah. That's just, ah, oh, such a good character. Mm-hmm. So, so, such good development. It's just like a, in Collateral. Whenever I say mm. every time I watch it, I just imagine that <laughs> uh, maybe the detective will save Jamie Foxx. <laughs> maybe this time he'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, maybe this time she's going to make it back to the ship, both of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Because um, uh, they added some flashbacks of the uh, the ship shaking when they were all in cryo mm. when she was ready to you know launch them yeah uh, I thought that was pretty powerful stuff I thought it really helped the scene yeah and uh, it, it gets me every time whenever she gets yanked away from Reddick mm. into the darkness like every goddamn time it's like no yeah <laughs> So I think that's some that's a pretty good sign of character development for me, you mm-hmm. know. Deep character. Yeah, it's definitely really, really great stuff there with her. And mm-hmm. and you know, obviously Riddick too. Oh yeah. I feel like he definitely I th- I think he also shows a lot more change in the script mm-hmm. than the movie, I think. Like John's. Yeah, because he's kind of made out to be a little bit more extreme in the script uh, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I think they do. I think Fry and the rest kind of poke at him throughout about you know just rejoining the human race and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like he changed a little bit more in the script. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in Which the nice. in the movie, it's he seemed more like, it, it, I don't know, it just seemed more like he was being made out to be worse than he was. I mean, I've, it's the same thing in the script, but it seemed more so in the movie that it's like, he doesn't really change that much. It's just that he is perceived to be really this horrible person. Right. Until the creatures show up, and then you're like, oh, wait, it's, you know, nothing to do with him at all. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, something else they uh, added in the movie, which I I, I don't know if it really mattered or not, but um, Riddick finds a dead creature, and, like, he uh, grabs the skull at both sides. Yeah. And, like, moves around it for the blind spot. Yep. And then he does use the blind spot later, but then he gets flanked anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, it was still a good moment. Yeah. Uh, I w- uh, I'm glad they added that. Just showing you, like, how much, how he thinks. He thinks, like, 
an animal basically and yeah tries to get into their heads yeah pretty good stuff i did appreciate them adding in the movie riddick turning off the ship's lights <laughs> just so they gathered around the engine so he yeah. could fry as many as he could <laughs> Because that's the way to go out. You know? <laughs> oh, what does he say? Does he say something about lighting these bastards up or something like that? Or oh, take we can't it? leave until we say goodnight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I-, I just love reading these scripts, and you get to, like... You're like three pages out, and you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen in three pages? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Know what I mean? Oh, oh I, I think they tried to give you a little more hope for Reddick in the script with the ending about um, all three of these guys going to New Mecca. Mm. Yeah. Because uh, Reddick's like, you think a soul could get lost in there? Then Ellie Mom's like, it's more of a place where souls are to be found, Mr. Riddick. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good or bad. Yeah. Uh, either way, it's not like they planned on a sequel right away for this. Yeah. So I don't know. Just just wiping as many creatures out as he could at once. That felt like a good Riddick ending. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas this is like I don't know a little more artsy. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I don't know this. Yeah, maybe trying too hard. The script is definitely more trying to be hopeful, and yeah, it's definitely better in the movie. How <laughs> just I don't know, cheesy one-liner out to the out to the credits, <laughs> like yep, yep. <laughs> that's that's what you need from Riddick, pretty much. I, I couldn't imagine uh, who else they could have casted. <laughs> Uh, in my mind, reading it for the first time, I just imagined like a scrawnier guy, like a wiry kind of. Mm. I don't know. Can you think of anything else? Uh, not really. I mean, this definitely falls among one of the scripts that's most similar to the final product mm-hmm. that we've come across. Yeah, I think I think just being like a very bare bones script you know there's not much you can add or detract from it yeah <clears throat> um I'd love to know who they would have cast for Riddick as a woman yeah that would have been interesting maybe Michelle Rodriguez I could actually see that I I feel like she she could she could probably deliver the same lines yeah. pretty much the same way <laughs> Uh, oh, I I have to mention uh, the guy that plays Johns is pretty awesome in my opinion. Mm. Uh, he played. Uh, <laughs> this might uh, this might make me look bad to a few people, but I watched <laughs> the Lizzie Borden Chronicles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where he also played a bounty hunter hunting Lizzie Borden. Mm-mm. Basic basically, that's what he was doing. And he was easily the only reason I watched that show. <laughs> I'd highly recommend it for you. Yeah, I'll have to check that. it out. And I'm just looking over his stuff here. He also did uh, the other things. 
Well, he, he played Johns again in uh, the two uh, Pitch Black video games mm. and uh, other stuff. But Oh, he was in Too Fast, Too Furious. Did you know that? Was he? Like it's in one of his uh, known four. Hmm. It's funny because Vin Diesel wasn't in that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure there's a reunion for that coming up. <laughs> Unless they killed him in that, I don't know. I didn't watch. That's actually one of the ones I didn't watch. Yeah, it's not uh, that great. I had a feeling. <laughs> oh, and uh, the girl plays Fry, Rada Mitchell. Mm-hmm. She was in your Silent Hill. I never watched that. Yep. Didn't you tell me to watch that? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. And she's in the darkness. <laughs> okay, I'm getting off track here. Back to the script, which we should probably finish up here. Yeah. Uh, rating? Um, I'd probably give it a solid uh, four out of ten, or four out of five. Whoa. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mixing mixing up the two. Uh, yeah, four yeah. four out of five. Let's see. I'd probably give it an eight out of five. <laughs> No, I was also thinking four out of five. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. like as a, as a script, it's also not you know the best written. I don't know some yeah. some of the stuff is kind of I don't know. Like, there's a lot of that stuff that you especially don't like, where they it's telling not showing. Yeah, it's specifically a visual medium. I mean, don't yeah. tell me what I'm feeling. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't see certain things on screen Yeah, that they s- mentioned in the script, but, yeah. I could definitely get, you know, I appreciate the effort of trying to give me the the vibe of it, but I don't know. If you can't show it convincingly, then yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I have a good quote for this. There's just so many good one-liners. <laughs> Actually, I don't know if there's any one-liners. It's more like back and forth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I got mine, but uh, we should also <laughs> pick out which script we're doing next time. Sure. Because um, looks like we still have a lot of superhero scripts. It's not my fault. Well, I picked Pitch Black, so you should pick. You should pick the next uh, one. Uh, I don't know. Um, all right, you know what? We're doing Hook. That's what we're doing <laughs> next ca- time. <laughs> that caught my eye the first time. <laughs> what? Oh wow! I <laughs> just. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's in yours, but in mine, right under Hook is Hotel Friend Trip. Uh, that's funny yeah alright okay so you know you know Eric I don't know what it is about this whole concept of um, bloodthirsty monsters that can only come out at night because of the sunlight hurting them and it's in the future (laughs) 
there's just something about these people trying to survive long enough to possibly die of dehydration. <laughs> I don't know. It's I don't know what this reminds me of. It just Yeah, it's man. uh sounds familiar. Yeah, I don't know what I could be thinking of. Man, it's like it's like this oh man, what am I thinking of? <laughs> Oh, that's it. Uh, that's that web serial I worked on for almost a year. Oh. Actually, a whole year. Yeah, actually, it's like, uh, it's Thirst. Mm. It's thirst.filmsandfables.com. It's just the story I wrote, Eric. I don't know if you ever read it or not. I read some of it. <laughs> I, I skimmed through it. I just wanted to set this whole thing up because of you and your Louis Armstrong <laughs> with Collateral. <laughs> Uh, oh man that's the only reason I picked Pitch Black (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious (laughs) (laughs) yep I wrote that all down too so I wouldn't mess it up (laughs) but I still did (laughs) and for my movie quote uh, my script quote I'm actually going to quote the movie because it's just a little better okay Well, all right. Well, join us next time for Hook. But for now, I'm Eric, escaped convict, murderer. Shit. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) You motherfucker. (laughs) Uh, Oh, yes. That's why you skipped it, you magnificent (laughs) bastard. All right, and I'm Zach, and I'd rather piss glass. Why don't you go look, motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening, I guess. Yeah. See you later. (laughs) See ya. (laughs) And stopping recording.